Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Why did a wedding make you think that? Because uh, somebody's committing to somebody for the rest of their lives. They found each other. Have you guys heard living. about the play Significant Other? Yes. Maybe from you. Um, yeah. It was uh, Gideon Glick. He's a Twitter gay, but he's an actual actor. Yeah, Jiminy Glick. Um, it was in, it played LA a few months ago, but it was yeah. in New York when I lived in New York. And it's about the one gay friend who watches his female straight friends get married one by one by one by one. And it's very sad and it's very real. <laughs> it's happening to you. That's <laughs> what was happening. I noticed at the wedding, every single one of my high school friends is either married or is with the person they're going to marry. Which, like, don't be deceived by that. No, I know. But if you're not even putting yourself out there because you are very... I'm not saying you, just the general you, the royal you, mm-hmm. feels safe and insulated and protected by Twitter. Yeah. It's a great reason to get rid of it. I just... It's mostly me looking at my notifications that wastes the most time. Right. Uh, See, that is I something that's I, that's... I don't think that's a... Well, it's not a problem I have anyway. But I don't. I imagine my... that it's just never-ending. It's just anxiety-inducing. It's not even like I enjoy it. It's just like I... In all of my notifications, I can't have existing notifications. Yes. I, I have that. to get rid of them immediately. How many emails do you think I have in my inbox right now? I don't know. Because are you like... Do you zero it out? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, what? you showed me that on Saturday. I wanted to barf. What would what, what would freak you out? Ten thousand. Oh, no, less than that. Three thousand? Thirty four hundred. But I read that, but I I keep up, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't miss an email. I have to move them. I I had folders for a really long time and then I realized well, I just archive. I don't have any sort of system. I mean I have folders that I don't really I have a family folder that I use, I have a work folder that I use, I have a uh, work folder that I use and I used to have like a college one and then like I had one for like this is how old my folders are. I still have one for the Chapman University Democrats when nice. I was the president for two years I used to use folders then I realized I search, I search whenever I need to find an email correct yeah. so same I just archive yeah it. it's actually I've never gone through my folders mm-hmm. to it's find just, anything it's just like I just need it out of my site or it stresses for me, me it's just like it's the idea of sticking a sticky note on it mm-hmm. Even if I can do a categorical search mm-hmm. or like an overall search rather than a categorical search. Yeah. I, I'm just signed up on wait. I like, it's all junk mail, you yeah, know? And I also unsubscribe every time I get anything. Me too. I've been on a real unsubscribe kick. Cause I hate it. I just, I really feel like I'm and now is really the time to do it. And it's also not the time to do it, but I, from, from my time working in Orange County politics and when I was in charge of my college's Democrat group, I'm on every single Democrat mm-hmm. newsletter. Like, you think mm-hmm. you're getting shit from, you know, Tom Perez and Steve Israel. I'm like, no, I have Democrats in, like, San Bernardino County that you've never even heard of that mm-hmm. are, like, flooding my inbox every single week. And it yeah. is a pox on yeah. my sense of cleanliness, my sense mm-hmm. of order. I hate, I'm so mad. I'm tired of having an, having open emotional borders. Keep going with that thought. Just that uh, 
one thing I noticed today, not being on Twitter, because I deleted mm-hmm. the app before I left, mm-hmm. and for I even, William Valdivia. No, before I left Sacramento at six oh. o'clock this morning. Oh yes. Um, I even my sissy Spacek tweet started as a note because I didn't have the app anymore, and then it was like, well, if it's it's got to survive the note if it's going to make it to the internet now. That's how my tweets are going to work. But anyway. Back to your open emotional borders. Um, people, uh, when you tweet, people who have Twitter then text you because they know you're near a device. Oh, that's oh. Ab- it's absolutely right. And so I noticed how much quieter things were. And I was profoundly lonely. And I was like, I need, need to you sit need, back. You need to, you need to be <laughs> and in I've that. Been, I've avoided that feeling for a very long time. The only, I mean, you can, you can do it with Twitter. So, you can do it with alcohol. Yeah. You can do it with movies. You can, you mean, can do it with a lot of stuff. But you have to sit with that loneliness and you have to suffer through it. I have not sat with myself in a long time. You know what's great about Since I gave up Twitter a year ago... Because Twitter is noise for you where people will flood in. Uh-huh. So you're constantly getting texts from people if you're on Twitter. Not yes. constantly, but like yes. they know you're online. Anyone who is, yeah. So it's to like, say. It's like you're online on AIM in high school. Mm-hmm. Interesting. People who know that I'm on Twitter, they'll text me. You have So to- do you guys get like texts from people? I My texts are like you guys, Michael Verratti, and like my Michigan group chat, like the that those are the people I don't who text get, me. I don't get texts <laughs> from Twitter people, but I do get texts all day long. It's it's frustrating. Because I've had texts from eight chains since six p.m. Here, I'll take a look at mine. What? Do I not have friends? I've had. Okay. Oh yeah, I've had eight since five forty-two. What? Okay, nine a.m. I've had. I've texted my friend Marker. I've texted my friend Austin. Evan, Kyle, Michael, you guys. Some of them and are for 21. Today. Some of them are for work. <laughs> what? Some are family. It's maybe I just friends. don't text people. I wish no one texted me. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, and it, it's nothing against the people who are no. texting me. I love, I love my friends. I love my family. I love what I do for work. But I don't love the fact that I can't get a goddamn moment of peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just silence your phone? I, I do silence work. my phone. But I just it, have my phone in my as hand soon as, at all times. As soon as you text someone, as soon as you text what about someone when you're back once, a movie? oh, no. oh, well, yeah, I I do silent and I turn it upside down. I put it in the other room. But, but I guess but you're I, watching a movie, so you're yeah. not really with yourself. But do you understand? I'm sure you do. How frustrating it is that I have to tell people who are trying, who are, and again, this is not no nothing but love to people who are texting me. But if I'm about to watch a movie, I have to text these people and say, "I am watching a movie now. Mm-hmm. My phone will be on silent." Do not text me. Yeah. Because I will not can't respond. Can't you just, can't you just. You would be surprised some of the frustration I have gotten back from that. Wait, can't you just, why do you have to alert people that you're going into a movie? Because, can't you just not respond? No, because. People get mad? I emotionally can't not respond. If there's a back and forth going on. You don't on, respond all the time. The worst thing is when someone texts me, it's just like a funny, dumb thing. And I respond like, LOL or whatever. And then the next text comes, how are you? <laughs> I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I, I responded. I said, ah, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to chat right now. Yeah. And sometimes, like, sometimes I do want to chat. Sometimes right. I do want to check in with the people that I love. But it is, it is hard that I lose a lot of time in my day yeah. through, through the social expectation to talk. Correct. I would much rather someone, which is what some 
like one of my friends does is like the person that got married this weekend, she will occasionally text me and be like, I miss you. Can we have a call soon? No, that's my favorite. Like that's text. all I need. That's my <laughs> yes, favorite. Yes, we text. can talk for half an hour this weekend and we'll have a more successful conversation than casually texting while I'm trying to do other things. Right. It prevents you from doing other things. Mm-hmm. Like if you're cleaning your house or if you're trying to do nothing. Yeah. And you just get resentful of your friends. Yes. And it's like the conversation we're having right now, mm-hmm. you know, but all, nothing but love to friends. But it is. I don't talk on the phone. No, I don't really either, but uh, I would prefer I it prefer at this it. point. Because I, well, texting has become such a pain in my life. I just hate digital things. I don't <laughs> like my phone. I want to be a hermit. Go to the woods. I, that's what I want. Like the uh, the cold-hearted protagonist of I have an The Intruder. Oh, I was going to segue about sitting alone with yourself. Into Let the Sunshine In. Yes. Oh, I've been I've been preparing this segue since you said open emotional borders. Mm-hmm. Let's segue. I mean, I bitch, assume most of that anyway that is going is into the podcast. Sitting with yourself. Yes. The the uncomfortable emotions of life. And, tr- and love we, and dating. And how we try to avoid them. And, and one way that we do that is every person that we date, we don't really interrogate their methodology or their personality and instead we try and placate them and mold ourselves into whatever they're putting whatever shape they're giving us that we're going to mold ourselves into it like when when uh, when Juliette Binoche is at dinner with that actor and he's pounding mm-hmm. like four beers yeah. and she's like this guy's worth it he's lively and fun <laughs> you know he does slam those beers and then, and then she's with the drifter and she's like He's he's un he's unattached. He's free. Oh yeah, God, I'm gonna have just the whole podcast is gonna be me you remembering remembering what this the movie about. as you guys say things. I don't know. I have my memory with this movie is very bad. I just remember the credits. What movie are we talking about? Julia I don't know. Binoche. Aren't you in charge this week? I think oh. you are. Oh, I thought. Oh, I thought it was you. Oh, Wait it's a minute. Me? It's me. Yeah, it is you. You definitely. Yeah, you I did, did last time. Hello. Are we? Okay, yeah, we're is, in. We're in. Okay, shut up. <laughs> this is Movies IMO. Hello. We're f- your favorite film faggots. I'm Brandon Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. I'm Daniel Crook. And today we're talking about Claire Denis' latest picture, Let the Sunshine In, starring Juliette Binoche. And we're also diving into Claire Denis' other works. We watched a selected retrospective. Yes, none of us watched Bo Trevi, but I feel like it's fresh enough in our memories. I watch it quite often. It is. It is all. You know, it is seared into all of our brains. Yeah, even the one time viewing it for me, it's pretty. It's pretty seared. I close my eyes, and all those army boys are just ironing their shirts Mm. in the dusty breeze. Yeah, I I watched the ending this morning. I watched the beginning last night in bed. Nice, nice. So we did the Intruder, Trouble Every Day. 35, 35 shots of rum, rum and light material. And I mentioned right. we'll still talk about Bo Vibe. And Daniel's wearing an Isabel Hooper tee. I, you know, my, in my, honor. my pink farmhouse dress was at the <laughs> cleaners. <laughs> mm, so sad. I had to wear this. Unfortunately, I won't be able to be, my struggle will not be minimized in an, uh, an unnamed African country tonight mm-hmm. anyway. Wonderful. So I'm going to let Ben kick us off because he saw okay this is a little too uh well this is a little too schematic this this, i feel like we we haven't gotten so i do have and cut and dry i do just have i have some opening remarks i would like to make yeah i think ben should open it because he saw it most recently let's do the opening remarks um so 
Let the sunshine in. Oh, um, movies. So Move. I, I did, and I'm feeling great now, and I'm ready to have a lively, upbeat conversation about the Chinima. We the were, way you the have Chinima said. of Dinima. Zama probably will not be top for you. I think I feel that way about this movie for this year. Hell yeah. Mm, um, let the sunshine in just top the shit out of Zama. Mm, Hot. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Zama! Zama is a bottom. I mean, Don Diego de Zama is someone who thinks he's the top, mm. but is actually a bottom. He mm. just has internalized homophobia. That's exactly right. <laughs> Correct with his llama. Um, and this is the. I just. Uh, he has internalized llamaphobia. Uh, oh, oh dear. Llamaphobia. <laughs> huh? That's dark. What other? What are your is opening it? remarks? Just scared of llamas. It's not Bitch. that dark. Um. <laughs> I just think um, I'm holding a torch and it is slowly but quickly, sh- slowly but surely burning down to my hand. So I cl- saw this movie. Clock is with ticking. Danielle, the correct in November at the AFI Film Festival. Correct. And I was ill, and I didn't realize that this was soon to have a very robust distribution in the United States. So I was like, even though I'm sick, I have to see this no, movie. You're like, I have to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was kind of like, huh, about it. Uh-huh. I'm like, I liked it. I thought it was pleasant. Um, not only does he not remember the movie, but he doesn't remember that I've brought up before on the podcast memories from the screening that he does not remember. I have, you were high on NyQuil? Yeah, NyQuil. basically. And I, the quills. I had seen... It was like it was like a 9.30 screening, too, I think. It was, it was, the, la- it was, it was the last late. screening of the night, so it was my fourth movie of the day. I had seen Happy End, which I like more than most people. I'd seen Mrs. Hyde, which I loathe. And I saw On Body and Soul, which I think is okay. So this was the best movie of the day. Yeah, but I was exhausted. I was just so underwhelmed. That's a big day. Yeah. But it was like a big day of underwhelming Mm -hmm. material. Mm -hmm. Apart from Happy End, which I did like a little bit more than I think most people did. But I was ready. I was in a... I, I, I was in a downtrodden, dejected place. Didn't have much hope left. So I was sort of ready for Clara Denis to make putty of my emotions... And as and I as did. I said at the time, it was quite an experience to be read in front of a packed audience by Claire right. Denis. I want to see this again because I saw it at the Lemley Theatre, mm-hmm. surrounded by just really annoying old people. Mm. Really, really <laughs> annoying old people. The Lemley seniors, you mean? One woman got up halfway through the film, walked... In front of everyone, Mm -hmm. uh, went to the back. Emma Stone wishes. Did something back there. And then came back. And returned. She she shotgunned three beers is what she did. So for that three minutes, I wasn't paying attention to (laughs) Juliette Binoche's inner turmoil. What's she up to? I was annoyed by this woman in the background. No, she was, she was actually going to the back row where I was sitting with my legs crossed to say, uh, uncross those legs. I was just going to say mm-hmm. that the guy to my right kept crossing and uncrossing uh, his legs the whole time. See, I'm a tall boy. I, I do it. That's something I do because my legs are I so do long. it too, but I don't make a fuss about it. My legs get restless like the characters in the oh. chinima of Claire Denis. I think he was wearing swishy pants. Oh. Okay, well, that's unacceptable. That's it was lot. very loud. That's, that's unconscionable, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to anyway. the girl the second time I saw it mm-hmm. who didn't leave the the second the credits started but she did leave 
once it stopped being single cards and became the scroll, even though you're still just in the middle of the scene. You're, you are lost in the moment. <laughs> she she just left. She, just, she was like, all right, that's I'm, it. I've I don't, seen the film. Yes, I, I don't I'm support done. the below the line crafts people. She was done. She was like, they're not still talking. They're not in <laughs> mid conversation. She was this done. Is, this is not an actual scene of the film that just happens to have credits over mm-hmm. it. Correct. She left. It's All like right. even less understandable than leaving during Call Me, Call by, me by Your Name. Yeah, because at least could, that's a that's a just a one. Image. It is. It's a but. That is a button mm-hmm. in more of a way than this is a button on the end of this film. This is a real moment in this movie. Well, yeah. I think I think that the movie ends without any sense of resolve. It just mm-hmm. ends with her having a new idea of how to go forth. And it, I don't think that the ending of this film is about Gerard Depardieu mansplaining to her like the the sort of nouveau bourgeois mm-hmm. hippy dippy bullshit. Like now this is what you've got to do. You got to focus on your crystals more and your mm-hmm. chakras and you got to breathe in, you got to breathe out. Like that is it, Gerard Depardieu is not giving her any answers. The whole point of the movie is that she is just constantly changing course, looking for happiness. He's really just trying to hit on her. He's just hitting on her. And trying to lead her to that realization. And here's the thing. Maybe they will date after this. And then 15 minutes later, she's going to go to another academic retreat in the country and scream at her colleagues, (laughs) dance at last, and then pick up a drifter. Pick up that drifter. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this movie doesn't have a sense of finality to it. And that's what's so beautiful. That's that's why the ending is so unexpected. Yeah, because it doesn't end. And that's, I think that's It's truly why. shocking when all of a sudden it goes, Juliette Binoche. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. In beautiful type. It I is. have to say, Claire Denis. Speaking of type. Yeah, Claire Denis. Fantastic filmmaker. It's got a real eye for texture. Really bad taste in fonts. Comic Sans say. for trouble, trouble every day. day. <gasps> Comic Sans. Was that actually Comic yes. Sans? Yes. And in Boat Trevi, I mean, it's kind of, you know, being a bit hyperbolic, but in Boat Trevi, it's just like a very basic, like, Ariel, <laughs> like a, like a thin pink <laughs> lettering, Bochervi. Oh my god! Yeah, when the trouble and even white, every white day. material is a very like mid aughts like we're gonna put a shadow effect on this title <laughs> or something like that. And then yeah. Lon True is like, that's actually a pretty cool title. It is when with the lit up with a cigarette. the end of a cigarette. Oh and yeah, that's her, that's blood red in. impact. Yeah, <laughs> it's not impact, but it's but it, it might as well be impact. Yeah. The first time I saw it, so I've actually, I'd seen um, like half of Trouble Every Day before, and it's, I don't need to get into why I didn't finish it. It has nothing to do with the quality of the film, um, but I was happy to, that I had seen the first half watching it again this time. But the the, the Comic Sans really so took my good. breath away. It's purple, too. Yeah. It's Comic Sans in like a shimmery purple. <laughs> Trouble Every God. Day. I love that. I love the jazz throughout. Mm-hmm. Tinder Sticks. The music is very reminiscent of Taxi Driver's score, mm. but let's not I get into. I don't know into... if I feel that way, but I, only because I. No, I mean there are the same two notes repeated quite often. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, only because I associate Tender Sticks with sort of the gentle, warm notes of Thirty Five Shots of Rum, mm. and so I hear this and I'm like, what an ironic choice. It kind of is. Mm-hmm. It is really weird. But let's get back to Trouble Every Day. Is kind let of the a sunshine fuck you. in. Yeah, we're not there we're not yet. There yet. Can I just say? Yeah. When. I've been waiting to make this joke. Oh. When Shane blows his load, <laughs> it's quite substantial. <laughs> oh, when Shane blows that load. When Shane murders the other vampire cannibal. And then when she, when she touches your the balance. load on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> that poor woman. She just puts just the most painful honeymoon I've ever uh, seen committed to but film. But he's I haven't seen neglecting her, so she will live. 
so he doesn't I l- I like her. the honeymoon in uh, the Heartbreak Kid. Oh, nice. I didn't I didn't realize Elaine that Elaine Mays, you know, the Heartbreak. I was going to say there's always if you have like five cinephiles together, one is going to be a hardcore Elaine May fan, <laughs> and I didn't realize we had one in our midst. I am Hello. the Elaine May. No tea, no shade. To, you know, I I love Elaine May, but I can't claim But I haven't seen Mikey and Nikki. There's always every every director I love. There's one very big movie that I haven't that seen. So what is it for Claire Denis? Just curious. Friday night, U.S. Go Home. Uh, Friday Bastards. night. Friday night's the big one. Is Bastards supposed to be great though? Mm, no, no. I thought it was like a. I mean, you know, we've now arrived to my favorite part of the podcast, the segment where I talk with authority on movies I haven't seen. <laughs> but my understanding is that Bastards is minor key Denis. I don't know actually. I think so it is. Sure. It was like mid aughts, like not that. Good. No, it was like no, it's just a couple years ago. Yeah, like I think it was. Tw- I think it's it was her last movie. It was twenty thirteen. Yeah. Oh, before and Let it, the Sunshine. And you know, oh, can, yeah, right. can, you know, fuck can has never been kind to Claire Denis. Always mm-hmm. puts her in the sidebar, including Let the Sunshine In, mm-hmm. which debuted almost, oh, not a year and a half, a year and change ago in mm-hmm. Uncertain Regard, I believe. Or no, Director's Fortnite. I thought it was Director's Fortnite. It was Director's Fortnite. Fortnite. And I think Bastards was in uh, Uncertain Regard, which is just like, if you're going to give like whatever Michael Hanukkah is going to poop out, mm-hmm. including the, the <laughs> underwhelming, but uh, I think quite poop. substantial, or not, not quite, but it's like sub substantial mm. happy end in competition and you're not going to put let the sunshine in in competition yeah it's it's it, it is it's mind-boggling mm-hmm. yes very dismissive anyway back i'm to glad the that you bring up michael hanukkah though because i was going to casually mention at some point that i think that claire denis is one of the three greatest filmmakers alive along with hanukkah and martin scorsese nice i think that's that's the, that's that's the, your that's the peak of the mountain. Ah! That's the Tian Denis. No offense to other living legends, literal legends that are still alive, but those are, I think, the three. Nice. I would have to. I would have to sculpt a list, but mm-hmm. it probably would only include Denis. Would be on there, and and you know nothing wrong with Scorsese, of course. And like I just said, I think Happy End is quite substantial. Quite substantial. No, it, it's sub substantial. Ben, you didn't like it. I really did. No, there's not much to like. That's what I like about it. There's not much to like. I mean, I like it's a lot of It's that scene in Inglorious Bastards where Christoph Waltz sticks his finger in uh, Diane Kruger's bullet wound. Mm-hmm. That's just happy end, like again and again and again. Yeah. And it doesn't make it good. Doesn't make like it, that's sort of like shock jockeying provocateur. Yeah. Like it's not. You watch something like. Um, Funny games. I haven't seen Funny Games. Uh, I was gonna say, but even in something like Amour, mm, which is mm. a humanist film, there are some twists of the screw in that mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. And in this, it's just like I think I've, I think that I've compared it to like he, he like breaks a bottle and makes you walk over the shards of glass, and that's nice. the experience of watching the movie. But there are just some moments of very wicked dark humor, like when Jean Louis Trantignon is asking those boys on the street to push him into traffic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can't hear any of the dialogue. You just kind of pick that up that that's what's mm-hmm. happening. I think that's yeah. very funny. And it's like, there's so many like isolated moments. And you know what? This isn't the happy end episode. It's not. Never mind. I like the last five seconds. I love the last shot of happy end. And I know that some people really don't. When I, Isabel turns around yes. and looks at the camera, yes. and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so good okay so let the sunshine we haven't actually said it on on the microphone yet but brandon and i haven't seen the movie in a while and we chose to do it this week 
precisely because the film is available on VOD. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even check until last night because I thought that VOD meant it's on Amazon, it's on Voodoo, and it was on none of those platforms. So I had a bit of a tantrum last night so when I found out it? that I couldn't watch cable. it. Cable? Who has cable? Who's cable? The old people that might watch this movie. And it's great for that audience. But it's just funny. Like, if you pull up your Comcast Xfinity, it might yeah, be there. If you go to, to on-demand movies, it should be It'll there. be there. That's, and I, I almost, I almost petitioned that we postpone this podcast so I could find somebody with cable, mm-hmm. and I would watch it over there. But I was binging Claire Denis this weekend, so it made more sense to jump into you it. You were binging. So what, bro- I swear we've discussed that it was cable only. I've never. I no, even, I didn't it even know the word cable meant until tonight. Say it. So let's let's backtrack a little bit. So I don't think it's fair to put the pressure on Brandon to describe the to plot of the film. It? So Ben, maybe you can describe the plot of it's the film. It's a woman looking for love. Dot dot dot. But it's at so- last. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> there it is. That's it. <laughs> the most apropos ellipsis of my lifetime. <laughs> it's a woman lasting who, love. Comma comma comma. <laughs> Isabel dot 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 she's not at peace (laughs) she to quote Beyonce's song pray you catch me she's not at ease (laughs) she's she's looking to fill a void in her soul through sex she Mm -hmm. can taste the dishonesty all over your life and it's not going well for Juliet when we meet her, she's already... Isn't she dating someone when the movie starts? Yeah, yeah she's the, in the, the married, married man. of sex. That terrible man. married man. sex scene that opens the movie. It Right, in the big funny chair. That tells her... I think the words that he uses are that he tells her, well, yeah, you're clever, but my wife is extraordinary. Which is Oof. insane. <laughs> I remember the look on her face, just like, well, what the fuck do I do with that? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, she's like, this is sort of the dick I got right now, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to walk so out of here. So she keeps fucking him. Exactly. Right. That guy is the worst, and this the moment for me that just makes me want to... He has small dick energy. He has Correct. small dick energy. I just want to shake him by the shoulders. when they're sitting. push him over. When they're sitting at the bar... Can I have the gluten-free in- olives? <laughs> the what? one detail I remember. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> Did I make it up? But when, when they're sitting familiar. at the bar and in that beautiful unbroken shot, which really demonstrates mm-hmm. the way that Denis is able to play with physical form, not, not art form, but the physical human form mm-hmm. and in relation to space and how the camera is expressing an interiority and a relationship between that person and their environment mm-hmm. and that unbroken long take of the two at the bar. And the guy is like doing all the ordering and he's just being such a dick to the bartender. He's like, and no, he's no. like, get the bottle, leave it here, I'll pour, then yeah, you pick it up. Exactly. He's mm-hmm. like, you do it this way, giving very condescending step-by-step instructions. And we, the audience, completely get this guy's trash. And, you know, Isabel is so radiant and beautiful and shrewd. And so it's just like, we know she deserves better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does. But she sticks with it. But she she's going to fuck him. Mm-hmm. I love that we never really, we don't see her meet men there's it's just, irrelevant there's just a new man well there's no yeah. there's i mean the meat cute is beside the point mm-hmm. yeah i thought that was very interesting it is i think it's really interesting and i also think it's really interesting the only person that we see outside of her is the actor and i need to i i don't know why and i need to know you mean when isn't he like in a rehearsal space he's like getting undressed after the show in the dressing room before we know that they have met 
and then right. they meet for a drink. And then after Maybe. they decide to not see each other anymore, we see him go into the subway. I will say, and part of me wants to be a dick and say, maybe your favorite film of the year is flawed. But instead, I'll say that this is a recurring element in a lot of Denise films and that we fought, like, even if it is absolutely one person's story, like in White Material, it is absolutely uh, Madame Vial's story. But we see a scene of her husband or ex-husband meeting with the mayor, trying mm. to sell the plantation. Like we, we, she, right. she is giving us all these strands of character stories. In in the Intruder, it almost starts like it's going to be the story of the man's son and daughter. Right. We get that really yeah. warm and sexy scene at home. Yeah. Where like Denise just knows exactly where to place her camera. Like it's just like on the belt buckle, like mm-hmm. ripping that off, and. It's not, it doesn't feel extraneous. I just think that she has sort of an anthropological interest as a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the way that people collide into each other's lives. And I think she finds it more interesting. Like, I don't think that as rigorous a filmmaker as she is, I don't think that she would want to apply that same. I don't think she would want to see the point in applying some random austerity for the purpose of it's only one person's story. She would rather color in the entire ensemble. I know. I just think it's really interesting because it it's is just only him. It's, it's just him. Yeah, and so I feel like she does have a reason. I I, I, I think that the actor he it, does seem to be the most substantial. Yeah. Well, I think to, <laughs> of the men. To quote the boss Bruce Springsteen, I think that he is the other person in the film who has a hungry heart mm. because almost everyone else she dates is a charlatan, accurate. a cheater, not interested. Just doing it to fill the time, but yeah. the actor has a has a real void in himself that you can. Gerard Depardieu can... says the actor is going to come back into her life, and and again, oh, then that too. Yeah. Then that 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 might like, be a and that might be is part he of the it. sunshine that needs to be let in. No, no the sunshine she has to come, find it from it, with her. I'm just kidding. Her I'm just kidding. God, God, what from within? From within, un beau soleil interior. Interior. <laughs> it is a bright inner sun. That's what that means. It does not mean let the sun shine in. Ben is doing this sort of like seal motion. <laughs> my like seal swimming in the ocean. My, my heart is shining outward. It is not an outward sun coming in. It's from within. God she needs to open the, God open the windows it. in her heart. Open the draw the shades in her heart yeah. to let the sun shine out. And then, That's right. and then when that sunshine, why isn't that the name? When of the that movie? sunshine rolls back in, it's going to be like a an ice cold, delicious amber wave mm. of San Francisco brewed Anchor Steam beer. Because mm. when we talk about things that give us the warm and fuzzies, a real sense of uh, belonging and purpose, and I'm doing okay right in this moment, we look to. Anchor Steam beer brewed with pride in San Francisco. Please <laughs> at Anchor Brewing. <laughs> Tell them to sponsor was, specifically just me. Yeah. Was it That's the right. last episode where I wrote them off completely? It was. Correct. It's like, I'm done. You were done. I'm going to drink Smirnoff ice now. Oh. oh, no. Okay. So a couple, then I'll just say a couple things real quick. I made. About Anchor Steam? No, no, not well. <laughs> <laughs> number one, delicious. <laughs> number two, hits the spot. Mm-hmm. No, I made a couple of errors in my speech uh, on our last episode. You said Smirnoff. Dusty Ray Bottoms did a Sky Vodka campaign mm-hmm. one. Number two, had Anthony said that shit about wanting to meet the the <laughs> bakers who refused the gay couple the cake, I would not have defended him on the microphone. And third, I can't believe that I forgot to mention perhaps the greatest queer director of all time, Chantal Ackerman, mm-hmm. and her film Miss Chantilman. Right. 
right? Yes. Just wanted to get that on. You said Smirnoff. Just wanted to get it on the I love the editor's uh, corrections a week later. I'm letting the Mm -hmm. darkness out so I can let the sunshine in. Great. The sunshine of clarity. We are calling you by your shame. Thank you so much. (laughs) Appreciate it. Um, Both times I saw this movie. Yes. I'm sorry. I keep derailing. Tell. I keep derailing the conversation like Renee and 35 Shots of Rum. It's fine. Nice. That's dark. Oh. Wait. Just keep it going. I was just like, oh, the movie's over. <laughs> it's so well paced. It's breezy. It's just like, oh. Very breezy. It's over. Well, I remember when this movie debuted in Director's Fortnite at Cannes last year, the big headline or the big buzzword was Claire Denis does a romantic comedy. Yes. Mm-hmm. How wild is that? Yeah. And I would argue that it is a romantic comedy. It's not Nancy Myers. I mean, it's Claire Denis' take on it, but it actually is a perfect fit. And then it's Claire Denis doing Jean Renoir, which is romantic comedy. Just like in 35 Shots of Rum, like the motion picture Logan, she is doing her Ozu mm. film. But when you think, when I, a common thread that emerges for me in the six, five or six Denis films that we watched for this episode, and, and only two of which were new, so sort of a feeling I've always had about her, is that her protagonists are trying to grasp control in a volatile environment that they it's not that they are it's not that it's inhospitable but it's slightly it's not naturally a naturally welcoming environment and so our character is trying to assert some sort of not dominance but just some sort of control over this environment that isn't looking to do them any favors and what's better and what's better than the dating scene Mm -hmm. than that a hopeless romantic who's lonely as hell in the dating scene if you ever needed a protagonist wrestling for a little piece of, little piece of easy comfort and control, mm-hmm. that's your story. That, hey, there's your balance. There's your there's balance. your balance. Um, I was going to respond to that, and then the thought just flew away, like one of like the butterflies. butterflies. <laughs> oh, moving on. <laughs> one oh, of the no. dead butterflies. In in, in therapy last week, <laughs> oh, uh, no. we talked for the first ten minutes. We were like. Asia O'Hara is a pure being, like just going on and on and on. And we're like, and it is so unfair that of all the people this to happen to, it's happening to her, and that no one is going to remember her for her wisdom, for her goodness. And then by the end of the session, we were both making butterfly jokes. So like, it's it's hard to avoid. Has anyone on the internet made a Casey Musgraves butterfly? I've made it in my head a few times. By the way, my Casey Musgraves tank top arrived today. I know. I was wearing it for us. most of the day. Well, you I didn't tell the listeners. Here. Listeners. I need to wash it. I don't love the way it fits. You need to tighten, tighten. I don't need it tighten. I just need it to not loosen. It, I just need it to have some shape. Anyway, this is not the Casey Musgraves tank top episode. <laughs> you both keep looking back at me. You're in charge. You're in charge I don't want to be in charge. Okay. Yeah. Um, no. There are two things in particular. That- recording. What? God, can you imagine? I would have killed myself. I would have jumped out this window. There are. Okay, um, I'm on the first floor. <laughs> you would jump out the window. Would, I would have hit a bush and it would have been very prickly. That honestly sounds like something that Isabel would do and let the sunshine in. She's just so distracted. She's like, I'm out of here. And then like, like bolts out the window and just like falls into a bush, gets up, like straightens off her dress, like and then leaves. I remember, tosses her hair back, pulls a leaf out. I remember Julia Benoche's boots. Oh, yeah. Mm. The fuck me speaking boots. Of, speaking of Kesha's boots. The fuck me boots. Mm. Fucking boots. Um, really you had something. Oh else yeah, there to are say? two things. There are two topics that I would like to discuss. Excellent. Number one is very personal to my heart. Mm. 
I have a theory of, of motion pictures that I have developed over my years of watching and trying to make movies that uh, the only... Can I guess? Sure. Good movies and bad movies. Are those the two categories? No. Oh, okay. No, I, there are two topics I want to discuss, and this is one of them. Okay. It's, that was different in my thing. But there is, and it's it's discussed quite explicitly by Alex Desca in Let the Sunshine In. And it's, um, the thing in movies, the only thing that actually matters in a movie is, like, the distance between two people, both physically and metaphorically. And he says that to her when they go on a walk, that she doesn't know how to deal with the distance between two people. Right. And, like, that's what movies are about. And that's certainly what Claire Denise movies are about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Love, love that she slips that in there. Yeah, it's literally... <laughs> She's like, you know what the most important thing in, the, in life is? The way I make movies. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's why I am drawn to her mm-hmm. so much. And when I when he says it, I was like, oh. Yeah. She has the same feeling about what a movie is supposed to be that I do. And it's that the thing... it And like... The conflict is not people fighting. It's how people are standing next to each other. It's about how people are facing each other. It's like the physical It is, it is the shot in Trouble Every Day when the woman is in the bathtub. And then there's this terrible shot from the cameras like underneath Vincent Gallo just hulking mm-hmm. with murder in his eyes. And it's just this charged menace yeah. that marks most of the film. But it's it's we talked about it in the post episode. Like Spielberg knows where where to put his camera. Claire, but he knows where to put his camera for like maximum like uh, manipulative value, I guess. Whereas this is I don't know. I'm doing a poor job of saying what I'm trying to say. But Claire Denis knows exactly where to place her camera in order to express the relationship that someone is having with the other person or with their space, mm-hmm. uh, therefore themselves. Right. Yeah. Because spaces are just projections of people and ourselves. Mm, and it's I about like that. the it's pain true. that we feel when we are just sitting quietly alone that I've really experienced a lot this week. Like when Jean, like when Jean <laughs> Dielman runs out of chores to do and mm-hmm. is sitting in her yellow armchair and she's just like grimacing. It's literally like, sitting. White knuckling the chair. That's Fuck. right. What am I going to do? And it's just like, it means so much to me to see someone make a movie that literally makes that explicit and just says this is how i make movies and i'm like i love you claire i love you so much so much and uh, let's go back to genre noir which uh, we didn't assign any movies but Mm -hmm. i've been thinking a lot about it and just that uh you did just spend several days in the country i did well in like farmland the country in Ladybird farmland Mm. sacramento Mm. the midwest of california midwest of california just that uh Renoir is able to be loving to his characters and critical of them in the same time better than anyone else that has ever made movies and Claire really draws from that I think in all of her movies she's able to touch on that and just the human streak in her films I just think comes directly out of his filmmaking and it came as no surprise to me when I googled last week what are Claire Denis' favorite movies that she talks about three of his movies specifically. Oh, okay. Um, and I, he's, the, he's the granddaddy of French cinema. I think that's why it's no surprise that a film like 35 Shots of Rum, which is defined by its affection for its characters and yeah. is critical of them as well, but mm-hmm. is all about relationships between these this makeshift family of four people mm-hmm. and how they impact one another. Mm-hmm. 
And if you watch something like Bo Travai or White Material or Trouble Every Day, and granted, I haven't seen Friday Night, haven't seen Chocolat, but you wouldn't, on paper, that doesn't really sound like the same filmmaker. Like right. that this, You wouldn't think that someone who's interested in the um, homosocial hierarchies and violent cruelty of, a, of an all-male military or a crumbling uh, colonialist plantation owner um, uh, getting a swift kick and in, in righteous kick in the pants by this unnamed African country that she has taken advantage of and raped or trouble every day, which is about cannibals. Like you would not expect and, and, and intense romantic relationships. You wouldn't expect the same filmmaker to have much of an interest in how the denizens of an apartment building make each other's lives better. Yeah. Yeah. But it but is but, a through line through all of them. Exactly, which is that these are all films that are fundamentally concerned with with humans, the way that human emotions work, the way that they the way that frustration works, the way that we impact and impart different emotions onto one another. Um, like it's all And the through line is the body. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about skin already? Sure. Skin. Let's we can l- move into What time hold on, what time is it? It's five minutes until 10 p.m. Maybe we should wait until it's, it's like 10.01 p.m. Oh, to and get then, And then so we can talk, and then it'll be skin o'clock. It'll and be then it'll, skin-a-max. It'll be skin-a-max. <laughs> I, I, can we, let, let's do that. Sure. So let's talk we'll about something else for now. five minutes, and then Dr. Ruth will come on. Shall we talk about, well, I have a, uh, I have a little more to say about Jean Renoir. Yeah, Just yeah, that yeah. Um, when, the, 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 when, when it clicked for me that that's what she's trying to do is when they go to the country in let the sunshine in she screams at all of her colleagues and i it's was like so good i, I love was like that this scene. is so this is oh is that when she's like storms off and they're like on that stupid she's like trail. your priorities are fucked mm-hmm. shut up and i'm just like oh Stop yeah noodling mm-hmm. which is like what i want to say to doesn't she literally tell them Twitter. all to shut up yes yes and, and, and then she like turns around and does not con- or does she yeah, she does not continue the walk with him or does she continue she the walk? She storms off. Yeah, she in storms off. In front of them. She right, doesn't turn right. back. She just, yeah. She, yeah. She like just goes them. ahead. Yeah. And then I remember she, that. And then she dances. Yes. And then she meets the drifter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's like, I found my man. Yeah. And I just think Renoir I love just that has scene. such a beautiful I love that scene. like the way that being around nature draws out people's true natures in his movies more than what you can achieve in the city. Yeah, I mean, that's what A Midsummer Night's Dream is all about. Yeah. I, and, and also, oh, fuck me. What movie did I just see that also? Oh, and, and um, uh, Smells of a Summer Night in, uh, mm. in Berkman's mm-hmm. catalog. I love that scene so much between, with, with her colleagues who are just like needling one another about the nitty gritty of some arcane irrelevant academic idea right yeah they're talking about something that's like just but isn't it something aren't they like picking apart something that should be spoken about with emotion and it's just like this sort of cold clinical i swear they were talking about like ducks but aren't they talking about ducks in a way that it is really yeah, like a pinky so. in the air? I think they're talking, That's the point. It's yeah. like she, it's something. I think they're talking stupid. about something she's that like, they could be seen. She's like in you the are nature. you are burning the grain of life instead of turning it into beer. I like think that's you are correct. wasting it. Mm-hmm. No, and I, and and um, thirty five shots of rum and also let the sunshine and remind me a lot of Tony Erdman, mm. which spoiler alert we'll be talking about next week. Nice. So maybe I shouldn't say too much. But no, but that's that's. I like that. Yeah. Well, just the, the tension of the film. I mean, there is so much going on in the camera and, and the editing, which we have to talk about. But the character relationships are providing a a, a chief tension for mm-hmm. every single scene in the film. And three minutes to Skinamax. 
Should we talk oh. quickly about the dance and yes. and thirty five shots of or oh, oh the dance the and let scene. the sunshine in the at night last. shift the, that, that we could talk about at last. Let's start there because that that's the the yeah. movie we're on, and then we'll. But you know what scene in thirty five shots? It's I'm one of my about. top ten moments in any movie ever. Nice, actually. Same. It, that it really, really, really struck it's, me. It is. Um, it encapsulates everything about life in glances. But let's let's yeah. get back to it. And last. if we're gonna get to, just the way they're looking at to each dancing, other. we have to talk about Boatrabai. Boatrabai. Oh yeah, the greatest ending in cinema. Hold on, you know if Correct. we're ta- you know if we're talking about dancing in the club, you know what we have to talk about the heart in the intruder. We have to talk about happy end. Yeah. <laughs> talk about the karaoke. Song. The heart in oh, no. the intruder. The, yeah. the red blood heart <laughs> in the snow. Okay, but let's talk about two that minutes to Skinamax. Dancing. Two minutes to Skinamax. <laughs> really quickly, let's talk about it last. Huh? At last. At last. Let's play it. Etta James. Okay, is let's on not talk about wall. it then. Huh? Etta James. There's a poster on Isabel's wall. Oh. Planted early. She's a fan. And then she dances. And she feels herself. And this is why I think that it... I and think, she is at peace I don't think that, herself in that I don't moment. think that Benoche has been getting enough credit for what a physical performance this is. And it's not just in the dance. It's that it's... What, what was I talking about? What was the movie I was talking about recently where you can like see a soul like bursting from someone's body? But with her, it is so much more about a physical hunger and a physical doubt mm-hmm. that permeates... Not just not so much that dancey, but all of the different dates that she's on. Her body language is so important. Yeah, whether or not she's comfortable or whether or not she's um, code switching. Like yeah. she, there's so much performance within the performance, and whether or not she's horny. Exactly. Speaking of horny, skin o'clock. Speaking of the clock is dripping. Remember when Barry Jenkins referred to her as sensual this weekend on Twitter? Referred to Juliette Binoche no, as Claire. Oh. oh, when he was when like, he, she when, didn't text when me she back. Didn't, she didn't text me back. She was out there being what does he say? Adventurous and sensual, something like that. At least, <laughs> at least he didn't say adventurous and carnal, which is the word I would have used if I, if I was Probably. describing Claire Denise Chinima. And then she called D-Nima. him back and said, "Who is this?" <laughs> That's like Jerry Seinfeld. I love that. Who is this? Yes, what I, did he want to talk Dina to her Mar- about? The World Cup? Mm-hmm. Because France is playing. Okay. Oh. This this conversation is just a little too PG for skin o'clock. So let's get to fucking. Nice. Maybe we should start with uh, the 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 lead character in The Intruder when he washes up on the beach <laughs> with his dogs mm. and is just like splayed out. And that like comes right after we watch the son and daughter-in-law just like fuck, fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm getting existential here. Is what I'm trying to do. Triple existential. Oh, ah, that was good. That was good. Thanks. I was gonna bring up sex. No, actually. <laughs> I was going to bring up a very PG body moment that is probably my favorite image of her with bodies in mm-hmm. any of her movies, which is Isabella Hubert's hand in the wind as she bikes. Yes. But let's talk oh. about that. Let's, let's talk about that moment. My, one of my faves in the same movie mm-hmm. is is Isabella Hubert's sinewy arm when she's mm, yes. holding for dear life on she the back of that She has bigger muscles yes. than I do. Yeah, same. Uh, but I want to talk about the hand. Okay. Do you see this as a moment of of obliviousness, of, of of carefree abandon, or do you see it as a moment of like 
being empowered and at peace. She's oblivious. I don't see it as obliviousness. Really? Really. What do you see it as? What do you see it as? I do see her as just like, this is my home. Mm -hmm. Which I guess does is oblivion, but like I don't She's content. For me I think there's a contentedness. There's absolutely a contempt in there, but what I find what I said in my log on Letterboxd is like watching it again this time, I'm realizing like every time um Maria, I think is the character's name. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Every time she goes back to a memory, she's doing it to sort of escape from the hell of the current moment. Mm-hmm. And yet if you watch those scenes critically, it's clear that she is contributing to a problem mm-hmm. in every single one of those flashbacks that she's just unaware of. So for me, it's like, first of all, think about the hubris and the uh, white supremacy of running a coffee plantation in this unnamed African country, not mm-hmm. paying your workers enough, expecting them to bend over backwards for you, mm-hmm. calling them family. But then the second they're like, it's not safe here anymore, mm-hmm. you call them a traitor. Mm-hmm. Think about the hubris of that, and then think about that flashback where she is on an empty road on a motorbike with both of her hands in the air, yeah. and she does not. She's not considering the consequence for a second that she might hit a rock or she might hit a civil war, yeah. and will tumble off of the bike to her own bloody demise. Yeah, she thinks she's like invincible and in exactly way. not invincible. No, but no, no. That is exempt exactly. she, from what's happening. Yes, like she will be fine. She will be. Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. And she's like, if you stick with me, I realize everything will be fine. But well, at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because she is just feeling herself in this moment. Because yeah. the movie is highly internal, of course, and it's also explosively external with the landscape and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think about um, thinking about bodies. I, I think about how in the beginning of the film in, in White Material, we see Isabelle Huppert's iconic dusty red hair blend in with like the red dirt mm-hmm. of her landscape. So we're, we're meant to believe that she is part of the earth. But most of what her color palette is matching is a road. Whereas later, when you see like the, the guerrilla soldiers in their camo outfits and they're running through the natural landscape, they actually blend in in a way that isn't the man-made aspects of it, but mm-hmm. the act, the land itself. Mm-hmm. And only the hair is more of the body because camouflage is not the body. Yeah. But... The way the way that she uses bodies in the landscape to express whether or not someone is um, who 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 it belongs to, mm-hmm. I find really compelling in white material. Like how the sun is, he was born there, but he will never he will be, never be accepted. He'll never be like from. He's fr- born there, but he's never really from there. Which I don't I don't find that tragic. I'm not saying that you're saying that it is. No, no, no. I'm not saying it is. Yeah, I I um. I think I was struck with that more the first time. And this time around, I was like, he deserves everything that's coming to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. He just... thinks it's tragic. They think it's tragic, but right. it's not. No, the, the tragic character is the boxer. Yeah. It is the war hero who watches himself, become, well, not during the mm-hmm. film, but becomes a legend and then watches the legend stripped of himself. Mm-hmm. Right. And ends up bleeding out in a coffee plantation. Right. On the run from a warring faction from the same country. Yeah. Um, and that's the tea on coffee. Well, bodies must bring us to trouble every day. Sure. Ooh, when? How about when she when she licks the fresh gash in the guy's arm? When she mm. sticks her finger in the gash? Mm. Well, she no no she in the hole. She flicks it like she's flicking. Oh yeah, she's flicking she skin. She flicks mm. that little flap of skin. It uh, is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. It is a stunning horror movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. 
quite substantial. Quite substantial. I'm, it I'm reminds surprised. me of Possession. What's interesting about, which I still need to see. Um, ben and I saw that together. At the R.I.P. Oh. At the Egyptian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Oh, yeah, I yeah. thought it was at R.I.P. Cinema Family. No, that no. was. A- well, don't rest in peace, but. Rest in shit, bitch. Rest in oh. consequences. Oh. <laughs> um, Trouble Every Day got bad reviews upon its release. Um, and it's clear why. I mean, it's a very frustrating film. Yeah. It is, but. It's because of the semen. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's because of the, the load, <laughs> it's it's substantial like, load. But, but, <laughs> no, like, but, I don't want to get a load of that. <laughs> but it's that it's the type of movie like I just watched Firewalk with me, so I'll use this as the closest mm. compare. Like that yes. got shat on when right. it originally came out, but it, ha- it has had a second life since then, and people now revere it because uh-huh. it didn't meet expectations. It, it was taking your expectations and dashing them right. as, a, as a way to say this is what trauma feels like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what people's deals were with Trouble Every Day when it came out. Well, but didn't he? Now it does get hailed as a, like a icon, not iconic, but like I was reading some write-ups that like it should be considered in like the horror movie canon. It is of, yeah. absolutely masterful the way that she pushes this story forward with basically no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is all through camera movement, through blocking. And same with Intruder. Barely and any same dialogue. With yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention Let the Sunshine In is, I think, the most dialogue-heavy movie that I've seen of hers. And I really like her working on that movie. I, I mean, 35 Shots yeah. of Rum has plenty of unsaid moments in yeah. it. That, that those are really what you remember. Mm-hmm. But that, that movie's got plenty of dialogue it's in it. And, and White Mat- it's a chatty movie. It is chatty. Yeah, there's just because there's You're so many characters. Chats. Mm-hmm. And, and White Material... He puts his cat in, his, in a bag and it upset me. I get so mad both times I've seen this movie that she still ends up marrying him at the end because mm-hmm. I'm like... I saw you revolted along with me when he sees his dead cat, picks it up by the scruff of its neck, throws it in a ba- black trash bag, throws his toys in there, wraps it up and sticks it on something before he takes it outside to the trash. Like, fuck no way. Fuck no way. He's an enfant terrible too. Well, it was very disturbing to me. The cat. That he treated his cat like actual garbage. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's such a harsh moment in a movie that I find life-affirming in a way that... It's wonderful, yeah. Can't really be expressed through words, can only be felt. Mm-hmm. Like in the night shift sequence at the bar. Yes, mm-hmm. let's go there. Okay. Let's go that, there. Let's, that... let's all get in the car. Let's go to the concert. Oh, Have a breakdown. Wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> car broke. Uh-oh. Guess we got to break into this bar. Hey, come on. Let us in. <laughs> Come on. This this has to do with bodies, because the way everyone's sitting. Yes. Bodies. Sitting in the bar. And in the car. And glancing at each other. This what? is the movie that's hardest for me to talk about. Why? Just memory-wise. Oh. Oh, because you didn't get to, yeah, you didn't have time. Well, it's all about, like, so in this scene, the daughter and Noe finally, like, get together. Mm-hmm. But then also um, Alex Desca. Is, is hooking up with well the, first he dances with Gabrielle yeah and we're all like finally like you are so rude to this woman just because she's not your dead wife doesn't mean that you need to spurn her affections like mm-hmm. just because she wants your D so transparently doesn't mean you need to be such a disguise D to her big dick energy he yes does. he does have big dick energy he's really hot in he's so every day. hot He's, he's, hot, he's hot in everything. Yeah, he's, he's hot, hot in everything. In but every but picture. then but then he like gets together with the bar owner and it's just. The way she, Gabrielle looks at looks him. at him. I mean, the, that scene really does encompass a spectrum of human emotions from 
um, just from like absolute unexpected joy to yeah. doubt, to confusion, mm-hmm. to dejection, to rejection, to hope, uh, to uh, everything in between, to, to hungry, <laughs> to eating. Mm. The part when the, when the bar owners just bring out kebabs and oh, rice for everybody. It looks so delicious. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, it's, I, it's, truly, yeah. it's a truly transcendent moment in that film. Yeah, it encapsulates, that scene encapsulates like what the whole movie's about. I just like... How long is it? Like 90 minutes? It's a shorty. It's a shorty, but a goodie. Shorty, but a goodie. Take well, shorty and a goodie. Shorties one. are usually goodies. Huh? The intruder's the only long Shorties one. are usually goodies. <laughs> Kill me. How tall wow. are you, Brandon? Uh, five, nine. You're doing, well, that's, you're even taller than I thought. So you're doing oh. like, de, you're doing like Deneen and let the I might have just made that up. Being like, I'm going to give you my MO for why I'm great. And I'm mm. going to mask it in the guise of this is wisdom for you. Hello? Uh, Self-promote, it's fantastic um, What was I going to say? Oh, in just a short 90 minutes Or however long it is It feels very short, it breezes by You're getting so much shifting In these characters' dynamics with each other mm-hmm. Just within such a short amount of time It's yes. really remarkable Like no, that's exa- The, that's the exactly way the I mean, obviously the most important one Is the mother da- The father-daughter who drift apart from each other. She move, is moving on. But yeah, the way everyone sort of well, and the way shifts. That, the way that we have this sense of history imbued into the whole story as right. well. Yeah. And this movie hits me in such a special place because my dad and sister live together in London. And like the daughter in this, who's like successful in school, my sister has like a great job. Like she's, I mean, and she could be living there and unemployed and I wouldn't judge her for it. But like they just cohabitate because... She moved there after college mm-hmm. and then they've just been doing this for like three years. And she just announced that she is looking for an apartment elsewhere in London. And mm-hmm. it's like the moment, like the time frame that this movie takes place in is like what my sister and dad are going through right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just hits me in a way that brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. Not in this moment, but when I was watching it, I was very moved. Very moved, Zero. Just set down a little crock pot next to the oh. other crock A little pot. rice cooker. Oh, oh rice And that's so Zero. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love the rice cooker. I did well, just as a symbol for a father and daughter, two rice cookers. When it each other. when it ended on him setting that down, I was like, Aww. "It's mm-hmm. so perfect and sweet." Mm-hmm. It is. It's wonderful. It truly is. Blah, blah. Uh, trouble every day. We sort of skipped it. We're we're jumping all over the place. We but are. If we're still in yeah. Skinamax hour, we haven't even touched on those bodies. I know. Right. <sighs> Let's we see. Um, I just uh, let's go straight to the semen. No, well, we could <laughs> straight to the eating. That's, that's usually where I like to. If go. we're going to talk about <laughs> eating, then I want to talk about the scene in white material when um, the, all of the uh, all of the civil wars, all the guerrilla soldiers mm-hmm. have found all of the pills mm-hmm. and are just taking handfuls of pills and poisoning themselves inadvertently. And what a great metaphor that is for. Mm. Because the film White Material is about like the objects that the colonizers Leave. have littered all over the place and, and, and just their own possessions. Mm-hmm. And so the pills themselves are white material. And anyway, not now I'm taking this in a different direction. I was just going to say... Those are not bodies. I know. Pills are not bodies. This is the Skinamax hour. Food, That's right. Well, you, you, were, you brought no, up food, hunger and food. food. But it is bodies because it's the same thing as Bo Trevaya. It's like 15 bodies in one mm. shot, like as the camera pans over, and it, there's something very animalistic about it. Is in, that the in same Bo moment in white material? The kid, the kid soldiers are like eating all the junk food 
or what was the, I don't remember. Junk, I can't remember. Not junk food, but like the sun is like letting them raid the the food oh, supply. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in white material. And then they're all napping. Mm-hmm. Right, I lo- love right to before. Eat and take a nap. Uh, if we're gonna talk about bodies on the Skinamax Hour, we have to talk about Botrabai. Oh, but I would just before we leave trouble everyday bodies. <laughs> um, I'm so dead. I know, me too. I've been up since five o'clock, everyone. Hello. And you drove for six hours. And I drove today. for six hours today, and then we're doing this immediately after my therapy session. So but it kind really of the right, kind of the right episode to do it for. <sighs> and also, by Emotional the way, so, something that's something that's Emotional going borders. to become more Shut and more apparent. Off. It's hot in here in the summer without the air conditioning on. Mm-hmm. I'm sweating. It's all just burning up. Um, I'm wearing my Isabelle Huppert t-shirt looking like a very sweaty, moist Isabelle Huppert. I'm when he dives into her vagina. <laughs> I, kn- I knew that was the scene, and I should have just said it. I it's very disturbing, Zero. I hate that moment so truly mm-hmm. in a way that speaks to the power of uh, of the, Denis as, the, yeah, as a Gina director, because you know, Gina, but 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 that blocking decision, yeah. you know what he's doing down there. You know, he's you don't taking see a bite. You don't see it for so long. Oh no! <sighs> and it looks so good. Just help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> don't think twice. Don't think twice. Well, this has been movies I, I know. won't <laughs> tell. <laughs> Take a little bite. Take a little bite. Keep going, Ben. I'm just filling the. I'm just filling the dead air. Well, there wouldn't be dead air. Oh, give me a fucking break. Why? Just keep talking about when he's eating her out. Literally. Literally eating her out. Um, I really don't have anything to say about it other than it's. So I was filling. So I was filling. Fucking. It's fucking insane. I was watching it. I was doing the like peel your face off watch it like you're just your nails were digging into your skin and you were pulling your fingers down yes yeah yes i was hurting myself it's such a viscerally upsetting moment and Mm -hmm. visceral and upsetting are two words i would use to describe the the genie of claire denis um trouble every day i want to keep talking about it because it's so fucked up what do you have to say i don't know i'm trying to think what i have to say we're very tired boys, I think, at this point. I'm not saying anything because I don't want to get accused of hogging the mic again. <laughs> I'm zipping my lips. What do I want? Oh, I had a scene in mind. Now I can't remember what it was. I can't remember. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I mean, She's gone. Have, have you really seen the Claire Denis movie if you've only seen it once? It's a real... It's That's a, how it's, I'm feeling. It is That's a, exactly it how is I'm It is a question feeling. that I have thought about a lot in the past... That's why I'm hours. The intruder is, is takes like three viewings. They're all very ethereal to me, mm-hmm. and they are not impenetrable. But no. I don't feel you know I don't feel that way at all. But I do feel like they're elusive in a way. I think they're highly elliptical, which yeah. is yeah. why watching them more than one time, you're able to grasp the story much more easily from the top. I mean, the intruder. It's not until an hour into the movie that you even know he's looking for his son, right? Mm-hmm. In a way that is maddening um, and oblique. But as we talked about in the Lucrecia Martel episode, it's not so much about Claire Denise saying fuck you to the audience as much as she is just speaking in a cinematic language all her own and mm-hmm. expecting you as a viewer to be smart enough to keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also don't really think that's true about all her films. So, like, from the ones I've seen, I would divide them into 
a, you know, a useless binary, but where she is more oblique in her storytelling and then where there's more, there's more of an intuitive nature to mm-hmm. what's going on. And I don't even think the intruder is that oblique. Oh fuck. I mean, I, th- I think it, it is. I think it's absolutely oblique. I think it's, I mean, sure, you don't know that he's looking for his son, but I don't think you... Know. But you also... But, but it doesn't matter if you know it's, that that's what's going on. You that's don't, you exactly. Don't, it, it doesn't matter it blur, yet. No, of course. You but, but, you, but it blurs yeah. the lines between dreams and reality. Yeah. It blurs the lines between whose story this even is. It just feels we also, very straightforward You, you, you never... S- I don't really agree with that. You don't see him, like, get on a plane. You see him, like, throw a passport into the fire, and yeah. the next thing we know, he's in Asia. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, but I follow that. I follow it, too, but I'm, I'm, this is what I just said. I don't think that she's trying to mislead you. Mm-hmm. I think that she's expecting you to keep up, and it's a highly elliptical film. There's these huge No, chunks. I think it's elliptical. I don't think it's oblique. Okay, well... Those are different words to me. That's why I used them as two different words already in this conversation. But like, I think the structure of like something like, well, they all sort of use flashbacks in a way, but like the more elliptical ones are like trouble every day is kind of elliptical in a way and like the intruder, but then the the more straightforward ones are like white material, not straightforward, but like more like narrative. Like Bo Trevi even, there's no narrative in Bo Trevi, but it's not. Bo Trevi, I think is closer to something like like the intruder. Purely emotional. I don't feel that way. Only because both are, it jumps. I just think it's just so easy to follow what you're supposed to get out of every moment in Botrevi. Yeah, I do too. Well, because I think it's operating on emotional levels. Yeah, where um, where she's able to evoke very specific responses from mm-hmm. the audience, and they all have to deal. They all are sort of dealing around the same issue. But the intruder, the reason I say oblique is he like even in the um, like the scene construction, like what she's focusing on in every shot, there doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be much of a continuity to it. Um, and I think there's like a bit of misdirection. Um, I don't, I don't know if I believe that, but it's like, I, cause like I said, I think, I think she's trying to make you keep up with her, but mm-hmm. there's something about the moment when he kills the, the titular intruder in the mm-hmm. film out of nowhere. Yeah. Wraps up his body, dumps him, we guess in the water right. at the time. And then he goes on a, on a high flying trip his, around the globe. On That's his right. odyssey. Then he goes to Korea. Yeah. To find that and then black. And becomes the intruder. That's right. The what is it? The black market heart, heart. that mm-hmm. literally kills him from within. I'm obsessed with the moment. Speaking in, of bodies. Speaking of bodies. Yeah. I mean, continue. Oh, I just the moment that I knew that I loved this film was when all of a sudden we cut and there's snow. <laughs> and there's like horses galloping just, in the snow, yep. and they're dragging him on ropes. Behind oh him yeah, the snow. just doing the I did a rod. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That that's the moment I found that the movie. character is credited as like Queen of the North. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> well, it's a real it's a real epic film. The scope is. is so yeah. much bigger than any it of the is other quite Disney films globe I've seen. Trotting. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a globe trotter. I mean, like I don't. I guess I'm going to say it out loud just for the purposes of filling dead air. But I was giving an opportunity for someone to jump in. But I don't Hello. want Claire Denis to make a James Bond movie. I, that's the last thing I want. But I would love to see Claire Denis do a James Bond movie. No, but movie. like this after is the, her. This, after the Intruder, this is her spy movie. This is sort of this her. This is her James Bond movie. Yeah. And it is like. That's interesting. Each one of her movies is like her getting into a genre that is totally unlike what else she's done. But like she's doing it her way. Mm-hmm. And it's very. It is a very singular focus on pain and bodies <laughs> right. and like i just think it's i just think that 
is his heart is his new heart going to reject his body like just the most profound metaphor for the fact that he's searching for a long lost son right and i think it's i care i care very little for the main character in this mm. movie i must yeah. say I really think Same. he's an asshole, sure. and I, you're supposed and to you're feel supposed that. to be figuring out how you feel about him. Because he's looking for this son, but he's got a son neglecting his his other son. and his grandson. Son. He's like, mm-hmm. who's this? Okay, well, you get, <laughs> get, I'm giving you this money now. Yeah. See you later. And then when his son finds the letters that he's written to the to the other son, like the half burned letters in the home, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like, fuck you, dad. Mm-hmm. I really don't like the he's character very literally much. I enjoy the movie morally and more on a cinematic level than I do emotional, to be honest. He's literally heartless. He's he needs a new heart. He needs a new heart. He literally because he needs can't a new heart. feel. Mm-hmm. Something that I want to talk about in thirty five shots of Rome. This is really just a I mean, what an elliptical conversation we're having. I know. How fitting. Very fitting. I, I, I did before I came here because we're all really tired and we've all had days and weeks and months and years and uh, so is everyone listening to this for that matter. But I did take some heart in the fact that no one's going to listen to this episode. Because <laughs> uh, our, our you don't well, know are that? You, no, I mean, our European art house episodes tend to get fewer listeners, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying, like, I feel safe to meander. Oh. It's, you know, I always feel safe. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about the hallways and 35 shots of rum, which I think are some of the most beautifully captured hallways in any film I've ever seen. And I think in a lot of Denise films... Wait, give an example of a hallway in that movie. The hallway like, in their apartment. I, I mean, let, let, Oh, let, that let, same let, shot of the hall. No, but let, let me explain what I mean, and then maybe you'll okay. know what I'm trying to say. I think that Denise, when she is coloring a scene, operates in strips of texture and color, generally vertical a lot of the time, and especially in her interior scenes. Like... It should not be cinematic to have a camera at the end of a hallway as a character walks to their bedroom. And yet the precise angle that she's used, it basically becomes like a paint sample of seven different shades lined up to one another in a flat sort of way. Like when, when the dad in 35 Shots of Brown goes home for the first time, the lights that she's chosen to keep on in other rooms that we can only see a sliver of just creates this gorgeous spectrum of not just color, but of texture. And so much about her films are about a journey rather than a destination. And especially in 35 Shots of Rum. And and also in Trouble Every Day, like the, the hotel hallway and that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you. I don't, I don't understand why she would spend so much time making hallways look as great as they do if she wasn't, if she didn't consider them to be some sort of um, thematically important space. That's all. Mm-hmm. But I mostly just get lit on, on on the color and texture. Like in the beginning of Trouble, when we're seeing the shot of the sin, and we see like those three lights that are reflected back in the water. Like it's that sort that, of, but sure. it's in the very beginning, but it's like the ripple of the water creates this beautiful texture and each of the lights is a slightly different tone. And it's mm-hmm. just this pure pleasure that comes from light and color, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what the cinema is apart from sound of course mm-hmm. but so i find that she she's able to um elevate very simple locations in her films by a very specific attention um to everything that's in the frame in a way that doesn't feel highly production designed right but just everything like there there's there's shots in uh, in the intruder like is it the intruder when he's on a bike i think it's in the mm. intruder but he's on a bike 
and and he's like in a park and there's all like there's basically I watched it yesterday and there's I- like i watched it an hour ago uh, or we've been recording for an hour but you know what i mean like there, it's the shot is completely like the background is green the grass beneath him is mm-hmm. green but the tracksuit he's wearing is a dark enough shade that it is going to create a contrast yeah. without it drawing attention to itself like mm-hmm. she has this uncanny ability to match um, light and color in every single scene yeah. while highlighting texture and creating a um, a, uh, a complete palette mm-hmm. and I, I mean it, that's part of her genius for me yeah anyway i can't believe no one else noticed the fucking hallways and 35 shots of rome there i was saying i did bitch <laughs> no, I th- I, well i felt dumb i took some screenshots of the hallways. no the the hallway specifically in 30 sh- 35 shots of rome i know what you're talking they're about. incredible that shot when he yeah like you said when he first enters well just the amount of attention she puts in 35 shots of rum, like the subway, like watching the car go down the track or in, oh, in sure, white yeah. material or in the intruder, like of the road in front of her, like mm-hmm. traveling is an important motif in a Denis film. Yeah. And it's the same idea applied to the hallway. Where are we on time? <laughs> One nineteen. We have to talk about Bo Try. All right, yeah. let's do it. We haven't really talked about it at all. Yeah, talk about it. Um, Kick us the off. The big one. Talk about jealousy. Talk about envy. Talk about, has there ever been a movie where big dick energy is the underlying question? Who has it? Who Who? doesn't have it? Who Who has it? it? Who wants it? Where did it go? When did you lose it? How do you get it back? trying to get it. Yes. Um, I was just going to talk about editing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. The thing about, I mean, we've kind of talked about this already, but the thing about Claire Denis that I just like, gets my goat. Russell's no. because your Jimmy's. Yes, that's time. It rustles my Jimmy's. <laughs> Jimmy's my Russell's. It uh, <laughs> Jimmy's your Russell's. It, uh, oh, fun! Because they're both names. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Uh, we never got the carbs out. That just reminded me. I'm sweat. I'm sweating too much to eat. Your yeah, chips that eat. you wanted. So I'm probably bad. just gonna take them home. That's fine. You should and eat them at home. Um. That uh, there isn't so much conflict in the writing as it is just in the filmmaking Mm -hmm. it's in it's literally just pure eisenstein it's in the conflict created by two shots juxtaposed against each other and i didn't rewatch botrify but uh there are just like moments in this where it's just like another in the hands of a lesser filmmaker it would just be two men standing next to each other but because of the way that she edits it together it's two men at the edge of the earth across from each other and one is about to die even if one is literally not literally about to die it's like the stakes are so high because of the energy she's able to get out of them and that is a hundred percent true in a more gentle way in the night shift sequence in 35 shots of rum, the distance between these characters in the mm-hmm. room, um, their physical energy and, and, and choosing when to cut and how, especially between the father and daughter and between the father and Gabrielle, like when does the story become about someone else? Mm-hmm. And that is how you create attention. And that yeah. is how you create emotion. And that is how you provoke a response from the audience by demonstrating the response being provoked by a character. Mm-hmm. It's just, and I mean, Bo Trevi is the flashiest for me, and it's also her best film, in my opinion. Yeah, so I don't, I I'm not agree. trying to dismiss it in that I way. Also, agree. but but the editing is always super sharp in her films, anyway. Yeah. And, yeah. and 
de- depending on whether we're in one of her wordier films or whether we're in Trouble Every Day or Bo Trevi is about as, as bone dry as it gets in terms of dialogue, come to think. But mm-hmm. And I think it's it's the least in search of a narrative oh, of any of no, them. Yeah, no, it's, it's all about mood. It is just this tone poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of- With a framing device in the clerb. Mm-hmm. The clerb. Mm. The clerb. It's actually kind of sweet that Denis Levant learns to dance on his own at the oh, end of the film. He, it crushes me. By the way, you know... Um, Very Robin. This is... Denis Levant in Beaujavis is the second greatest performance of all time. After... Because you know what the best performance of all time is. Is Denis Levant in Holy Motors. Oh, you have said that on this podcast. Yeah. I know. Oh, that's right. I need to see Holy Motors. Still well, haven't. You can borrow my physical media if you like. I would love that. Speaking of physical media... Do you have it? Did you remember? Let me get my bag here. Oh, gosh. I this brought, is a big I moment. I brought a gift for Brandon. I'm being reunited with my physical media. I brought Brandon's Blu-ray copy of Twin Peaks The Return. Oh. It has spent, what is it, July? Six months? It's been six in months my house. with you. Yeah. Were you able to now, finish it? Uh, well, I, ha- I got a Showtime subscription. Mm. I have six more episodes to go. The, the Blu-rays started skipping again in my player. Because so he could only so do I have it. no use for this. You could only watch so, it when you were not in your home. When I was um, cat-sitting for my friend with the projector. Right. Watching Twin Peaks The Return on a big screen. Oh, yeah, baby. By the way, The Intruder reminded me a lot of Twin Peaks The Return. Mm. So oh, interesting. Giving you back. She does oh, remind go. me a lot of David Lynch. Wow. And just like surreal light. Abs- oh, the purple. Wow. And, and Brandon, um, do, you have, uh, do you have something for me? No, because I'm going to watch it. You don't... I thought we were doing a hostage exchange. <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm just taking more so, from you. So my my poor, <laughs> downtrodden and lonely copy of Days of Heaven is still sitting... No, it's... It's 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 uh, it's sitting right there with um, uh, someone's copy of Fat Girl I still have <laughs> and well, uh, a book. I, I've already, I've already overplayed my hand. I've given it back to you, but... Yeah, you should have demanded yours at the same time. This is what I get for op- this is what I get for operating. A Last good I heard was that you wanted me to keep it because you wanted me to watch it. Well, we we choose what we want to believe. Wow, wow, well, I'll wow. watch it once I'm done watching 18 hours of Twin Peaks. Nice. Good luck to Love me. Twink Picks. <laughs> uh, what were we speaking talking? of? Bochervi. Twink Picks. Oh, Bochervi. That's what we were talking about. Oh, Denis Levant. Oh, Holy Motors. That's how we got here. <laughs> Is it on Amazon Prime? No. Holy Motors? I thought it was at one point. It used to, when I watched it for the first time, mm-hmm. the reason I own it on physical media is because the only way to watch it was on a service that had a commercial break every 10 minutes was that Hulu? of the film. It was not Hulu. Hulu. It was some trash service mm-hmm. that you've never heard of. Truly but trash. But I don't remember what it's called. Was it called Truly Trash? It was called Truly Trash. <laughs> TrulyTrash.com. TrulyTrash.com. TrulyTrash.can. That's where all of my movies went. Dot can. Truly Trash. <laughs> TrulyTrash.can. Oh, boy. Well, well, Lady Bird's on Amazon Prime. That's I feel right. like we're all very tired. Yeah, I and feel... Yeah. I'm sure that when, when, when you edit this and when I proofread it, I'll be like, oh, no, some things were said. No, we said some really good things. I've been evaluating as we go along. Oh, good. Oh, because wow. it's like... Because I'm, of a self Because I feel ashamed. Oh, I feel extremely ashamed <laughs> and upset. And I've watched four Claire Denis films in the last 20, 30 hours or so. And it's been a fucking dream. Mm-hmm. This woman makes movies that make me feel and make me think in a way that most do not. Yeah. But more so... 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. There is something so carnal about these films. There's something so ferocious about these films. There's something so viscerally intimate about these films. And I feel like I'm in the eye of a storm every single time I watch one. And with these characters, I am trying to find my way out. Mm-hmm. And especially in Trouble Every Day when there's no fucking dialogue and mm-hmm. I know exactly which way I'm walking through that storm, there's just no greater feeling than being in the hands of a master filmmaker. Unless they use comic sans. Which works for me, though. <laughs> it's forgiven. It's cute. Yeah, for me, watching these, like what you said, Ben, I feel like I just need to see them all again. Yeah, it's just like... It's such, it's such a specific viewing experience watching mm-hmm. her films. You have to get your brain in a certain like level. I always just feel like it's so subliminal that I just like don't know how to talk about it and that's I'm how I feel about to Lucrecia. Try to put it into words. Yeah. That's how I feel about Lucrecia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that both of those directors, uh both Denis and Martel, I love that we're just like all giving an extended apology for oh, this episode yes. and yeah. our shame. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna we're all gonna call ourselves by our own shame. Yeah. I'm gonna but, whip myself after you guys leave. <laughs> <laughs> then, I'm gonna wrap myself in barbed wire. Yeah. Um, Good. Wonderful. I keep meaning to go check that film out again. I love it so much. The first reform? Yes. But like Martel and Denis yeah. both, even though Denis uses a lot of close-ups and a lot of medium shots, both sort of reject the idea that body language is not just as instructive in telegraphing a character's interiority than the eyes. Mm-hmm. And in a way, you know, Martel refers to her characters as monsters and I think Denise's characters are monsters in a way, too. I mean, they're, they're not quite as um, petulant as mm-hmm. the characters in Lucrecia Martel's films, but they are driven by an id or, or a bruised sure. ego, just a survival instinct of the ones that I've seen anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's so much more to talk about for all of them. There is. But for Trouble Every Day, just like there's all these shots I want to talk about. I'm like, let's talk about the 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 in the laboratory space, the spinning, the, the yeah. stirrers. You yeah. Know? Let's talk about the stirrers. And the that shakers. Very stressful to me. The yeah. Stirring. The sound it makes throughout it's the whole scene. Mm-hmm. I love I love when, <laughs> when the one doctor is sitting across from Vincent Gallo and Vincent Gallo's like, I'm sorry, I just am not feeling well. And he's like, can we get a glass of water? Sure. I just had a lot of caffeine today. And the doctor's like, caffeine. Sure. Right. Caffeine. Great. Yeah. And then he's like, you're feeling better? Great. Without waiting for a response. Right. <laughs> what, and, and then he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, doing my honeymoon. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Honeymoon. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so what do we see the, the, the cannibalistic metaphor as in Trouble Every Day? I saw it. I'm going to lose my train of thought immediately as I begin my sentence. Your thought train. My thought train. Thought train um, has left the station. Um, choo choo, <laughs> bitch. I mean, it's about intimacy. It's about fear. I think there's a thing about fear of intimacy. Uh, I think it's about control. Control. And like what a lot of her movies are about are about trying to 
like in when you're in a relationship with someone you can't control them and it's a way to try to mm. control them i think yeah it, it's i a think metaphor for the you would rather devour them because you love them so much it's it's the film bow Buh. <laughs> bow <buh. laughs> i think that it is in um i think that it is revealing when the cannibalistic partners in these relationships start thirsting for blood. And in the case of our protagonist, it's the marriage. Although we're led to believe that he has been infected by this for a while, but there's Mm -hmm. a reason why it's reaching a boiling point now. And then, um, for, for her, I mean, she's in, she's in, um, Jesus Christ. I can't believe my brain is dying on me now, but I, I I do think it's about a fear of intimacy, but I also think that it's about moments in a relationship where it's either going to go stale or you're going to wrestle for that control. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of a, a great metaphor, like that carnal hunger, um, and and uncontrollable id to it. And ironically, a lack of control, but Oh my God, when she is flicking that flap, Mm. it just makes me sick to my stomach. There's a shot during that scene when she's... Ben is is flicking the flap while going... (laughs) (laughs) It's so disgusting. There is a shot during that same scene where uh, the cannibal woman lifts her head up and just like bares her teeth. Yes. Oh, it's a classic shot. That's so good. And it's I the thought last she put shot some makeup. of the main moment. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then it sh- it cu- it, we do eventually cut back, but that's like. I was going to screen grab it and end. say, is this. Mia Del Taco. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it is because I, I I like I was gonna say I, is I, this... I, I I kiss my quesadilla tenderly mm. and repeatedly until I take a big bite. Mm. <laughs> I was just gonna caption it Scorpio's fucking. Oh <laughs> God! Well, I I can tie this back to uh, Let the Sunshine In. Great, I'm sweating. A movie that I, honestly I'm mostly upset. Again, I had a fucking tantrum meltdown yesterday when I realized I wasn't gonna get to watch this. I'm still having a tantrum again meltdown. before we watched. Before we I really want to see it again. Well, I want to see it again so I can talk about it. Let in pay for gra- cable. We live in a in capitalist granular society. detail. <laughs> in Deborah, granular detail. But here's how we can tie it back. So the Jackson was that a Deborah Granick? Yes, I'm fucking gr- dead gr- inside. Granicular detail. So when after the cannibal woman has finished her meal and we see her at Del Taco, her fo- at Del Taco and we've seen the <laughs> Del Scorcho sauce, she's sprayed all over the wall like a Jackson yes. Pollock. Correct. Oh, that shot too when she walks along. Yeah, it, it. it's stunning. But that is the painting in the beginning of Let the Sunshine In in the in oh. the married gentleman's apartment. I love that. That is um, it is a painting of that. Uh, is it literally? Splatter. Wait, seriously? It's the exact same design. Interesting. Seriously? Mm-hmm. I love that i don't it's not a screen grab but right. it is what, whatever whatever art she printed out a screen grab whatever artist did that painting must have been a visual reference for denise maybe she Probably. did it herself i don't know what her perhaps so we know denise bio right i don't so she like grows. i mean i, mean, I know that she grew up in africa. she grows up in africa um like she she is like would be the child of like upair's character and white material right mm-hmm. she grew up on a coffee plantation but my understanding is that claire denise like was separated from her family 
and like lived with lions for a little bit of time. I, I think here I have the printout of the New Yorker <laughs> article on my counter. Yes, yeah, and I think that's a part that's of That's what it. I'm referring I to. Though, I haven't read it yet either because I didn't want to talk about it in this episode, so I didn't read it yet. Yeah, but my understanding is that <laughs> she. I where think did you got separated from her family lions. as a small child and lived with lions? she and like she's what? a legend. In, the, in, in that wherever she grew up in Africa, that she's like she's the the white girl that lived with the lions. Yeah, which oh, is so uh, when she goes back, people recognize it's her. It's such a Rosetta a Stone woman. Yeah, for this woman, <laughs> she's she's the little girl that went and lived with the lions. She was raised by wolves. Wait. She's Mowgli. Yeah. What is she, this New Yorker article about her? There was a profile uh, a couple weeks. ago. I believe ago. it's called the Ferocious Cinema of Claire Denis. The Fearless. The Fearless. Cinema. Well, I'll be bookmarking that. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, oh, look at this beautiful photo of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, I guess I'm it's, I'm saying this like it's breaking news. I think everyone knows this because she very famously in the past couple of weeks replaced um, Donald Glover and Lion King. <laughs> she's voicing oh, Simba. Oh, wow. She's Lion King. Good for I'm her. I'm so happy. Yeah, star- starring Beyonce and Claire yeah. Denis. John Favreau's <laughs> The Lion wow. King. The two greatest living artists. Correct. Claire Denis. Beyonce knows. <laughs> Correct. Amazing. Wow. Okay, well, have we apologized uh, enough? Sufficiently, I think so. Um, I'm sure that everyone, all the listeners can hear that we're all tired. And... I invoked Jean Renoir. I'm fine with what I produced. <laughs> you can do it. I talked yeah. about wrestling control and then made a, made and a joke I, about the Lion King, so I'm good. And I fully was just like, I don't remember 35 shots of rum. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that 35 shots of rum... Uh, I remember the cat, Ju- the dead oh. cat. Thirty-five oh. shots of rum jumped way up. I mean, I gave it I five stars the first time I saw, it, but I'm like, is this my favorite movie ever? Like, wow. is this my, is this the new love <laughs> that I'm not going to remember saying this is my favorite movie? Mm. But I, it really struck a chord with with me this time, and I yeah. I was so moved. I was I so moved. moved. It's a stronger together movie. It's a stronger True. together movie. It is. It might be. Well, also not shying away from some of the really darks. There's a suicide in the movie. Oh, yeah. Didn't he, like, get decapitated by the train? Well, he Renee threw himself in front of the train. But I don't think he has a head. I, I noticed, uh, maybe just from watching Hereditary recently, <laughs> I don't but think he, had he, he did not have a head. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Very good, Zero. He, he didn't. Very good, Zero heads. He have no head. <laughs> Should we do a quick? Do we want to do a? I love to rank. I'm not ranking. All right, goodbye. I'm not ready. We haven't. We we can't. We, 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 can, we can't. We can. You're we right. Can't rank. We have only seen like thirty percent of her films. Thirty-five, maybe. Botrevi. Well, yeah. Botrevi is number one. Botrevi is number one. I go. Well, no. Thirty-five I'll, shots is two. That's for me. That's my one and two. Is Botrevi? I would do the Intruder next. Intruder is my last place. Wow. But I loved it, but last place. Wow. <laughs> it's just, wow. I struggled with it. I love it, and I get it once you're complete with it, but mm. watching it, there's a just the inkling of frustration. It's truly fucking epic. Like, it is a it. titanic achievement. About yeah. It. And I, I really, I actually really enjoyed it. But as I was saying when I walked in uh, tonight to Ben, he asked how I was, and I said, "Not good, bitch." And then that's not well, bitch. I wasn't quoting. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't quoting that, wow. but not well, bitch. Thank you. I don't even care to. If we're just gonna derail each other, I don't see the point in well. in sharing our thoughts anymore. Well, that's what the whole show is. 
the that is the premise of our it's series. Literally the logline <laughs> of the film. Not just this episode. I, I was saying that I was watching The Intruder before I came here and I was thinking to myself, because I was in a bad mood, this is fucking amazing, and I hate every second of it. Oh. And it had nothing to do with the movie. I just was yeah. not in the mood. I was not in the mood to for a movie. To sit with something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was great. And I, the Queen of the North. I love drag. Did not. you feel like you were being dragged? <laughs> I want to. I'm so sweaty right now. I want to be dragged. dragged. Would love to be dragged through the frozen mm. tunge. Same. All right, um, take us home. I will. I'm just gonna say to I'm excited to review all. Paris. Review. Review. Dash view. All of these Claire Denis films that I feel like deserve second viewings as well. They all do. That's true. I'm so sweaty. Um, this has been Sweat IMO. Mm. This has been <laughs> Movies IMO. We're all very sweaty and tired. Um, I'm sweaty. I'm just tired. I'm I'm both. I'm both. And I'm um, excited to my go My blood home. temperature doesn't go higher than a cool, like, 35 Fahrenheit. <laughs> Are you a reptile, Ben? <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Ben is cold-blooded. I, no, I'm excited to go home. I... One of the benefits of having family that lives in town is that when they buy ruby red grapefruit rosé spritzers in, in I a want can that. and think they're disgusting, they know exactly who to leave them mm. on their front porch for to nice. swing by and grab. So I'm going to have a ruby red grapefruit rosé sparkler next to my box fan when I get home. Nice. Wow. I'm going to watch great. the Americans. That How sounds great. lovely. That's yeah. Nice. Wow. Can I have a spritzer? I have two. Wow. I'm going to sit quietly with myself. Good. <laughs> let's get back to that. <laughs> yeah, let's conclude with that. With the pain of our souls. Well, no, it's the pain of this. And the, you never, you can never eliminate the pain. It's about managing the pain. Yeah, it's about learning to tolerate it. But it's all, but it's toleration. But I do think that you, until you remove all distractions around you. Get rid of the noise. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, but at the same time, that could mean like, listening to music that could mean reading a book that mm-hmm. could mean watching a television show frankly like but when you spend enough time by yourself in a miserable state eventually you learn how to make it a to turn it from like a cruel space to a cozy space you learn to let the sun shine you learn in. to let the thank you so much that's what i was going for you learn to let the sun shine in oh my gosh thanks gerard Take it home, bramble Okay, this is Movies IMO. Find us on Twitter at Movies IMO. Uh, rate us five stars on iTunes. Leave us a review. What's your favorite Clarity movie? Let us know. <laughs> In you, that voice, just say Bo Travai. If you pay for cable, you can watch this movie. It right. might still be in one of your markets because it's gotten a pretty wide release. Yeah, yeah but, but hold on. I do think that we need to... I mean, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, but we did this because it's available on VOD. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. If, tell you it's, what, it's tell you what, be available to actually rent probably yeah, very soon. soon. But I'll tell you this much: I'll be if you are, if, if let the sunshine in is still playing in your local theater, leave us a five star review and tell us tell us there. Yes. Don't tell us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, tell us what city you're in and if it's available and if you saw it and if you loved it. Make sure to include your address, your zip code, and post that straight on iTunes. Yeah, give us yeah, your let social. Yeah, Selects know that That's right. you saw their movie there. Yes. So that they know the next time to program the movie again. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs>
Fuck yes. Hell yeah. Okay, I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben MB. You can find me on Twitter at real.hanes. The first thing I thought about while watching Trouble Every Day was the huge load. <laughs> My name's Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet. Although, after this conversation, I'm not sure any of us want to be found on the internet. But you can find me on no, the I'm internet. I'm a hermit. I'm David Thoreau. What's his name? Is it David Thoreau? Henry. Henry David Thoreau. Henry David Thoreau. Who I referenced on this podcast one time um, and was not met with a warm welcome. Really? Yes. What did we do? Yell at you? I like that you're holding on to that. <laughs> I had forgotten. Who remembers for years. that? I've been <laughs> waiting for this to come up. <laughs> I, I, haven't been years. I, don't, I don't remember when, but I remembered thinking I had a slam dunk well, Walden. I barely know his a, name. I had a slam dunk Walden ref. Is he he's, the one that lives in he's the... He's the woods the, guy. The, the, the Walden. House? Walden Pond. Walden Ralph, Pond. Ralph Waldo Emerson lives in the big house in front, and he feeds him. I don't. I actually don't know He's about that relationship. Pet. One was the benefactor, so that the other one could live in. The I thought wilderness. that. I thought that Emerson lived in like his mom's house, like like shack. <laughs> like the whole thing is like he went out to the woods. It's like no, like he chilled in his mom's shack. Maybe he lived in Thoreau's. Perhaps. Shack. I have been to Walden Pond before, oh. though. Fun fact. Wow. On Golden Pond, starring Academy Award winner. Yes, Catherine Hepburn and, and Peter Fonda. Henry Correct. Fonda. Yes. And Jane Fonda. <laughs> and the winner is Jane Fonda. But I wanted to just close it out for me by saying a line from The Intruder, which is, uh, I'm going to change your to my, but my heart's not sick anymore. It's just empty. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Just hit the button. That was a good note. Oh, we should say what we're doing tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, we, Excuse we, me. We, 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 next we, we forgot. I am the captain here. It's I am the captain now, Brandon. <laughs> oh my god! Next week, I forget. Oh, we're talking about <laughs> Deborah Granick's latest feature. Leave no trace. Trace. <laughs> I almost forgot the title. Leave it's no okay. trace. A uh, great film, great motion picture, starring. The next Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know if that's true. I haven't and seen sure, it. And I'm going to talk about next week why we shouldn't invoke Jennifer Lawrence every time we talk about Deborah Granick. I like that. I like you. Aw. I'm going to talk about Paper Moon. Yes. And we're also going to talk about... Um, Father-daughter da- movies. Daddy-daughter movies. So Which I'm, 35 Shots falls into that absolutely. category. No, I, I, meant to, I meant to text Maybe you guys. Maybe I'll rewatch. I, I would like to do a 35 Shots of Rum and the film that I'm bringing next week, Tony Erdman. Oh. Tony. I would love a double feature of those two. Same. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. <laughs>